0: This call is being recorded. Good morning, team. Thank you for uh, joining me on what looks to be a beautiful, sunny um, introduction to spring day here in Chicago. Um, it sure has a way of boosting our spirits, doesn't it? When it's sunny and for us, 64, 65 degrees today, which is Huge. So anyway, I'm I'm excited that you're, you're with me today. I'm going to, we're going to talk about the power of setting expectations and um, personal and professional growth is charted by one's level of confidence and their ability to set boundaries, execute processes, live by rituals and routines, and stay completely focused on the details that will lead to that larger goal. That confidence grows, continues to grow with experience and your ability to express it to others. That act of communicating probable results in advance based on your experience is called setting expectations. Let me reread that sentence. That's like my definition of setting expectations. The act of communicating probable results in advance based on your experience. That's called setting expectations. Setting setting expectations is where confidence, experience, and your boundaries meet, giving you the ability to run a productive business on your terms and live an intentional life all while operating with manageable stress levels. Isn't that what we all want? read that again. Setting expectations is where competence, experience and your boundaries meet, giving you the ability to run a productive business on your terms and live an intentional life all while operating with manageable stress levels. And by properly setting expectations, it allows you to save time, not just your time, but your client's time. You know you are hitting your stride when you have the confidence to proactively speak the truth in an empathetic way. As your leader, coach, and mentor, this is what I do all day. I, I speak the truth based on my experience. Sometimes it's not easy to hear. Sometimes other, other times it's, you know, it's good to hear. But I, I stress test ideas, concepts, methods, trends through my experience to help you better serve yourself and your clients. The goal is to save you time so you can reinvest that time back into your life and your business. So today, as we head into the second week of March 2021, my goal for this call is to set expectations for you as it relates to your mindset and this market so you can better educate yourself and your clients so you can navigate your day. As I wrote this Monday morning pep talk, I cataloged and pulled from an index of recent conversations that I've had with individual agents. Now, I'm hoping that I can pass on some of my thoughts to all of you just like I did in those specific conversations with agents. Some of this is not going to be new to you, Some of it will. My hope for every one of these calls is that there's one or two ideas or concepts that you can take away that will help you in this market. So anyway, let's just start by saying that each micro market is completely different. If you're selling in neighborhoods where the majority of the product is single family home, townhome, row home, or other single entry product types, you are seeing an incredibly competitive market. Okay. Normally Chicago is a, is kind of a conservative market that goes, you know, kind of slogs along. Not right now, if you were in those micro markets. Now, if you add a resort element, it's hard to wrap your arms around what's going on right now. If you have high rise and mid rise product, the game is much different as many buyers are just not ready for elevator access to their unit. That has started to shift slightly as COVID is improving. And, and you know by summer, high-rise and mid-rise product will be a real option for more buyers. And your buyers might want to consider it now while the product type is still on sale because those buyers are coming your way. Okay, so the little nugget there is you know, it's while it's still on sale, if you have buyers, it's time to start pull them into this high-res market. Okay. To, today's market requires a broker, not an order taker. Okay? You will need to dig up inventory for your buyers. It's out there. Keep your ear to the ground and go find it. The days of just waiting for it to hit the MLS, schedule a showing, view it three three times before making a decision. Does not work for buyers in most of these micro markets right now. In fact, in a lot of cases, we're seeing people buy stuff side unseen. Okay. This market requires a different version of you, the broker. You will have to build time into your day to find product. Okay. It is a perfect time to connect. This is my third point, just so you know. It's a perfect time to connect with all of your past clients and ask them this one simple question. Have you put any thought into selling your home in 2021? There are people that if they are not going to be in their home for the next year or two, you know, if they have, if they have a, a date on the calendar where they think they might be moving, it might just be time to take their money off the table and take advantage of this market. you know It's scary because many don't know where they're going to go if they sell, but it's something to consider. As you know, many people are on the move with newly created flexibility as a result of COVID. My prediction is that when school is out, you may just see the next round of population migrate to the next phase of their life. Get ahead of it. Help them do it. If you are not proactive, someone else will be. Relationship-based brokers are built for this market. Relationship-based brokers are built for this market. More on that here shortly. You have to let your clients know the competitive playing field before they enter it. This is, this is number four. In some markets, a buyer should not even wade into the market if they are not all cash. And and even then, that's not enough. Also, they cannot fall in love with a house until the contingencies are cleared. In some markets, sellers hold, well, in most markets, sellers hold all the cards. And in some cases, they show no loyalty to the current buyer, right? There's a backup offer that comes in Higher, they may bail on that current mark on that cur- current buyer to take the higher um, sales price, right? You know, so there is not a lot of loyalty out there right now. It is a a difficult difficult market to navigate with if you are a buyer's agent, um, because it is a it is a feeding frenzy right now, both from the buyer standpoint, and from the listing and the seller standpoint, okay? Let them know going in until you have cleared your contingencies and probably closed the property, it, you know, don't fall in love with that house, okay? All right, number five, we are not economists nor are we financial advisors. We can give our opinion on price, but based on the pace of some markets, comps kind of are meaningless because they're changing every day, right just you just have to relay to those buyers that we are in uncharted territory, not from a uh competitive you know you know excuse me from a competitive standpoint, navigating a market that we have not ever seen the likes of, and in most cases the buyers really what they want us to do is just procure a property they want the dirt. Let their financial advisors and, you know, other folks that are helping them with their finances make those decisions, okay? You may even see a lack of loyalty on the part of the buyers as they just are looking for inventory and they will bounce from broker to broker, unfortunately, to to find the product. That's how crazy it is. Now, we're seeing too that overpriced listings will still sit. Even in the hottest markets, they're sitting. Sellers want. I, I heard a, a story the other day of, of a seller that came to one of our agents that said, Hey, I, I, I read in the newspaper that prices should be up 8%. They wanted to know the comps, and the, and the seller said, add 8%. Now, it's hard to have a seller try to price in future gains up front. But that's what some, the mindset of some people or some sellers is right now. What you want to do though, is in those cases, just, um, you know, have them wait until the price hits their, the market hits their price, right? You've really got to study your micro market, and understand the trends and give advice based on, the most recent data. The goal is always to price listings at or just slightly under the for the just slightly under for the best results. Now I may be counter, you know, I may be contradicting myself, but pricing is still a huge part of what you need to do when you are marketing listings. We have learned over 277 years with the Sotheby's auction house, No matter the market, you want to price at the current market that day or slightly below so you can get as many people to raise their paddle. That's what we have learned from the brand in 277 years. You still have to let them know the 10-day price, the 30-day price, and the 90-day price. If you price too high, it's still going to sit overpriced listings are still going to sit. Okay. Now, if you take an overpriced listing and it doesn't sell point, the thumb, not the finger, that was your fault. This is me setting an expectation for you. I had this conversation with an agent this weekend. They took an overpriced listing, the relationship soured and the number that they the seller went on was at that price in that location was never going to sell. So what you have at risk with overpriced listings is relationships and your reputation. okay, Next, if you see an overpriced listing that your buyer clients might be interested in purchasing, that might be an area that you need to go to to find inventory. You might just want to reach out to those listing agents and start the discussion with them or make an out market offer, get the conversation going. You do not know where that seller is in the process. They may just start be starting to figure out that hey, even though the market's hot, where they went out isn't getting it done, so they may be willing to have that conversation. So go look at those overpriced market overpriced listings in your market and start there and see if there's an opportunity, okay? A lot of buyers and buyers agents are just waiting for those sellers to come down in price. You want to catch them at the right time before they do their price drop to market rate. And then it's a feeding frenzy again. Right. Okay. um, Next. Oh, this, this is one of my favorite ones. And I've been, I've been talking to so many people about this, not just this year, but pretty much since I've been a managing broker. And that is this topic of disappointment. You are going to be disappointed throughout your life and your business. You'll put a lot of effort into certain clients and they'll go a different direction for reasons that you cannot understand. You'll have talked to them for two years. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden you see a sign go up in their yard. If you did everything that you could do and they still did that, that is not your fault. Get over it, okay? If you didn't stay in touch, if you didn't do what you needed to do at that point in time, you need to point the thumb. But here's the fact, you will have three to five major disappointments every year, both personally and professionally combined, okay? And you're gonna have three to five layups that a deal came out of nowhere, you get paid, it was easy, everybody's happy, They even themselves out. Life is about navigating the middle efficiently, staying evenly keeled, and you'll find yourself not getting too low when you get disappointed and not too high when when you are stacking victories. I've had agents that have completely gotten put off of their game because they get severely disappointed. Not only do they lose that deal, but they lose six months of stewing about it. get over it, move on. You're gonna have three to five a year. Just get ready for it. Maybe one of the biggest expectations I'm gonna set for you today, and you're gonna have three to five layups that are not normal either. Don't think they're normal, okay? Next, getting off to a great start to the year doesn't mean that you will end the year exceeding your goal expectation. Same thing goes for getting off to a slow start. Okay, if you get off to a great start to the year, doesn't mean you're gonna just massively exceed your goal expectations. Same thing goes for getting off to a slow start, doesn't mean you'll end poorly. Keep grinding and you'll be just fine. It's like a baseball or a softball player, right? Normally people tend to trend towards their their batting average. Not everybody starts the season strong and keeps that, you know, that same pace. You got to remember that sooner or later, you're going to get into a hot streak. You might have a slow streak. You might have a hot streak. Managing the ups and downs of this business is maybe one of the most difficult things that brokers need to do, but just realize that's, that's the reality. One of the best years that I ever had, I didn't close anything until the last week of March. And then I went on an unbelievable run from March, April, May, June, July, August, and September. Had a tremendous year, okay? So I think that was 2013, okay? Next, to survive the intensity of this market, you must play on offense, not defense. Communicating with your clients and navigating your transactions. You must own your mornings or evenings based on your biorhythms. Okay, I'm not going to go into too much on that because I've talked a lot about it lately. But you got to play on offense. Don't get lazy. This is the next one. Don't get lazy on the marketing of your listings. Stay creative and thorough. An elite level of marketing of your listings isn't just for selling your properties, but it also builds your personal brand. This market will not always stay like this and the pendulum will swing back to even out the playing field for buyers. Sellers will gravitate in those situations to the best marketers. Use this market to level up your personal brand. Do not get lazy with your marketing. You are, this is the, this is the perfect go where the puck is going to be moment, not where it is right now. You need to be thinking next year and the year after when this market is not as robust as it is right now, because it will correct. More on that here in a minute. But you can't get lazy with your marketing just because things are selling quicker, okay? Next, we are in one of the best real estate markets of our career. As I mentioned, it will not always be that way, of course. So my advice for you is work as hard as you can, talk to as many clients as possible, and build up your financial freedom account during a market like we are experiencing, okay? there will be another correction it's not a matter of if but when i want you to go back and listen to financial literacy 101 that i did on february 15th and there's a part of that call that i want to amend i talked about an emergency fund that's the bad that's bad wording on my part okay Emergency fund basically is you setting yourself up for failure. No, I want to use the word financial freedom account. Do not make spending or financial decisions by a market like we are in right now. Okay. Make your financial decisions based on a three-year running average. All right. So anyway, Go back and listen to that call, but you need to you need to make it rain right now while you can. Try to hit your goals by October 1. The rest of the year is gravy. I didn't even add this to the call, but setting the expectations with your family that it's going to be a crazy six months. Your family, your life partners, um, people you, your friends all need to realize that it's similar to you opening up a restaurant you're going to be fully engaged to your business for the next 6 months as you should be okay in piggybacking on the last point that i just said while you are navigating this current market do not fully focus on what we are experiencing right now straight stay true and consistent to your business plan this is important it is so easy and tempting to go fully transactional during times like this okay fact relationship based businesses are the answer to any market if you get out of that zone it will catch up to you at some point when the markets are super strong you've got the people there ready to go and sell and buy when things are difficult the markets are less robust you can rely on those relationships to maintain an acceptable level of production. It's the transactional agents that get eaten alive in most every market. Okay. So anyway, I, those are about 12 to 13 points, maybe 14 points that I made here today. And I, I would, I would like to have you listen to this call until you understand these points and let them seep deep into your DNA. The truly successful brokers enjoy their businesses because they have created boundaries. They look to avoid the 20% of wasted time that steals 80% of their joy. They also realize that the tiny decisions they make now will impact them not just today, but in the future. One's ability to sniff out the challenging elements of this business, this market in advance and say, hell no, eliminates the friction that stalls growth. Be honest and transparent with your clients. I'm trying to be honest and transparent with you today. Be honest and transparent with yourself. Set boundaries. Say yes. Say no execute brilliantly today. Don't forget tomorrow. Thank you, team, for joining me today. I appreciate it. I'll get this posted. You'll be able to re-listen and have an amazing week. Thank you.